0: I'll let you as i'm doing all day today introduce uh well, our guest this, today. this guy needs no introduction as far as i'm concerned uh he was a good friend of mine uh did a lot of work for me at a point in time early in his career and uh went on to good things uh with uh, as you like to say that's that other station in town and also w b a l along with uh one o five seven the fan one oh five seven the fan and he is Casey Willett who was the Radio engineer for the Baltimore Orioles broadcast on uh, on the flagship station. And, uh, Casey, how are you this morning? You
1: know, guys, I don't ever know if it's a good thing that you work for almost every
2: radio station
0: in town or if it's a bad thing. Uh, you know what, though? It's it's a good thing. If, if, Trust if, me. If, if, it's, if, it's not a bad <laughs> thing. It's not a bad thing because if that happens, it usually means people know you're worth your weight in, in gold uh, and you can provide a... A purpose, and you certainly did that. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, yeah. Heisty, it's funny. I was just going through a box of pictures the other day, and uh,
1: <laughs> it was uh here's a shocker. It was a picture Ray Bachman took of me and you at the Super Bowl
0: in Detroit, which I guess that would have been. Yeah, Steelers and Seahawks. Steelers. Oh,
1: yeah, Steelers and uh, Seahawks. Was
0: uh, that about games. seven years ago, nine years yeah, ago? Yeah, we were
1: we were sitting at the table editing audio, and I'm like, I can only imagine what was being said. When that was taken. Yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, I remember the early days of Heisty would say, Hey, uh, okay, I'll go to the Orioles. You go to the Red Sox or That's you it. go to the Orioles. I'll go to the Red Sox. So I, I owe a huge debt of gratitude
2: to Heisty. Hey, we had you on and we will turn our attention to your, your decision to leave, uh, the, the baseball world, which I know was not an easy one emotionally for you, but I want to ask you about two people. That have left the Orioles employ, and that our play-by-play voice Fred Manfra and now trainer Richie Bansells. I just I know you probably got to know both of them very well, very fond of them. I'm sure they're very fond of you. Your thoughts on them?
1: Yeah, you know Richie. Richie is interesting because you know when before I started doing the uh, games on radio, I, I worked for as you guys mentioned other stations, and so. Richie was sort of this guy you'd never really heard from. Yeah. Uh you saw him, but you never really heard him talk. And usually when he did, it was something bad had happened, whether it was an injury or unfortunately during the Palmero and Sosa and Tejada era, um, a lot of off the field stuff. But once I got to started travelling with the team, uh Richie actually sat in the room across and behind me. So we talked a lot, uh, on the plane and uh really good guy. It's amazing the stories he has, you know, over his, I guess 40 something years or whatever he's been around. Um, but really funny. He's got a a good, quick, you know, sense of humor and he's a really good storyteller. So I really enjoyed getting to know Richie and then Fred. I mean, there's not many people on the face of the earth better than Fred Mampra. Um, I, I remember my first game I ever did, um, scared to death because I really didn't know Joe and Fred that well and, and Fred just kind of talked to me a little bit before the game and then would give me little pointers and tell stories and uh, we we were in on some practical jokes on Joe together and Fred always got a big kick out of that but <laughs> Fred's a guy that would, would give you the shirt off his back in a heartbeat and not even think about it and um, still get cards and gifts from around the holidays from Fred and an occasional text you know to see how I'm doing and so he's uh Fred's a, a an absolute legend and it was sad to see it kind of end for him the way it did um he went on his terms but his body I think forced some of that yep and and he's one of those guys you know you look back to that 2014 season obviously the players but you know for being a hometown kid you know to get that close to the World Series with the Orioles he was one of those guys, you know, you're like, you're kind of rooting, the team would get there or win a ring, you know, for people like Fred who have gave everything they have basically to that organization in his job.
0: Well, I think anybody that's in our business and, you know, if we're broadcasters, I think, you know, you aspire to do as much as you can in the business and with Fred he lived the dream. I mean, here's a guy that yeah. gets a chance to be a play-by-play hometown, p- hometown team and call play-by-play baseball for his hometown team. That's that's the equivalent. That's the broadcasting equivalent of Cal Ripken growing up in this area and being able to play his entire career for the Baltimore Orioles.
1: Yeah, and and it's funny. Uh, I tell you guys a quick story. We were uh I forget the year, we're playing the Cubs in Chicago. Um and walk out of Wrigley Field, Field, there's thousands of people around the ballpark. And we're like, okay, where are we going to get a cab? Um, How are we going to get back? This guy in the middle of the street goes, Fred Manfra. Fred goes, (laughs) yeah, starts talking to the guy. They had worked together years ago, um, I think for CBS in New York. And this guy was walking to his car, and he said, oh, hey, let me give you guys a ride. I'll take you back. And uh, so it was just crazy. We, you know, I kind of laughed. I'm like, what are the odds that we're walking down this busy street, and here's this guy that, you know, 20, 30 years ago worked with Fred in New York. <laughs> that's, and that's a great story. Giving us, it saved me my meal money, so I was very appreciative of it
0: <laughs> Well, when, you, when I know how how well you eat, along with the per <laughs> diem, that that's a big <laughs> savings there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's either cab or walk. I'm like, oh, you know, it's not
2: that far. I'll walk. Hey, Casey, uh, we did want to have you on. I read this thing you wrote about, four, what's it, about four or five weeks ago now? Yeah,
1: so a um, little backstory. So I'm, I guess some people know, some people don't know. Uh, I'm 80% disabled from my time in the military. Um, so uh, the military is actually sending me to go back to school and paying for everything. And so I may, uh, no, don't don't joke and make another comment heisty, but I'm a 40-year-old freshman at the University of Tennessee. <laughs> in How old
2: do the girls look? Uh, you know, it's that
1: would have been my, for, could,
2: that
1: would have been my first class, question. I look in class and I'm like, I have a stepdaughter over you. What a, <laughs> that's the... I feel like you, you guys have probably seen the movie Billy Madison when Adam Sandler goes back to school. Yeah. Th- that's literally what I feel like. And <laughs> kids will reference something. And, and it was funny. I had a Spanish class this summer and, uh, my professor who's got his doctor, he's 41 years old. So it really made me feel great about myself, but we made a comment about a TV show and he goes, no one in here has any clue what we're talking about. Yeah. You know? I, you know. Yeah. You know. So, uh, anyway, one of my, uh, I have amazing English professor and I really love this class and she wanted us to write a memoir about something in our life and um so what I wrote about was something that was a very significant moment for me during uh, my life and my time at
0: baseball. I love I love the fact that you said, Hi, Steve, before you say anything crude and rude Right You know. <laughs> like like I would do that. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs>
1: I,
2: I, I he, know the I know the elevator was ready to open and s- spill out something. So I thought <laughs> I all right. So now I want to take this. I don't want to make this sad at all, but I do want to, no. to stick with this. You wrote this piece for your class, and it's right. why you chose. And I guess in some ways, mentally, it was a very easy decision for you, you know, involved with your family, your wife right. that I know you love to death. Um but emotionally, that's got to be the dream job for somebody like you to have traveling around, being hobnobbing with you know, Chris Davis and Adam Jones yeah. and Richie Bansells and Buck and Fred and Joe. So to run it through what, what this process was like for you to give that up to and what you gave it up for, Casey.
1: Yeah, so it was, you know, all I wanted to be when I was growing up, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. That was it. I had no idea what I was going to do beyond that. Um, obviously, that didn't work out. Uh, I got in radio, and I just remember being asked if I wanted to be the Orioles' producer, and I'm like, sure. And then I walked out of the office, and I'm like, I have no idea what he just asked me to do, but it's going to be in baseball. And for me, it was such a dream job. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate that i got to kind of join in when the resurgence of the orioles kind of started uh, in 2010 although my first year was interesting because it was the dave trembley juan samuel buck show walter all managed in the same year so that was that was interesting but i I just remember you know it it would be crazy like you said to you know adam jones and, and the different players but then you know mike flanagan who i loved to death you know i remember kind of watching him when I was younger and we're sitting beside each other on the bus and Mike Bordick and Jim Palmer and, you know, Gary Thorne, who oddly enough, I only really knew from video games as a kid. Um, it, It was, it was amazing. And, you know, my three favorite players of all time were Nolan Ryan, Mark Grace, and Ben McDonald. And, you know Ben McDonald, growing up in Louisiana when I was growing up, he was he was it. So he to was God there. Get to, yeah. yeah, oh, absolutely. You know to get to meet him and and become friends with him and uh, meet Nolan Ryan and different guys, it, it really was it was a dream job. Um, I, I don't think what people realize is how tiring of a job that is. You know, it's, I, I think a lot of people have this misconception that if the game starts at seven, you show up at six. And right. You know, and and when the last sound is recorded, you go home, and and you guys know that you're there way before. I mean, when the game starts, you kind of get to actually relax a little bit. Trust me, there's Uh, radio
0: general managers that feel the same way. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right.
1: (laughs) And and then when it's over, you know, you're writing whatever you have to write or doing a show or, you know, as Heisty does, giving updates for 75 stations in America. all the different things. So it's tiring and, and, you know, in traveling, it, it's a, with the Orioles it was, you know, it's amazing. It's a chartered plane. It's nice hotels. It's nice. There's nothing really to complain about it, but, you know, arriving, playing a game at Camden Yards and arriving in Boston at two thirty in the morning, um, you know, it, it, it wears, wears on you. And, and with kids at home and my wife is a nurse practitioner, uh neonatal nurse practitioner. So, she was working a lot, so I would come home, and I might see my kids for two hours, probably in a two or three day span, sometimes. And then being gone on the road, I might go a week and a half without ever seeing them. Um, so it was, you know, it started to weigh on me after really kind of the end of my fifth year. Um, and, and oddly enough, I remember talking to guys like you know Fred, and, and just like I don't know how you guys do this for. Twenty-something years, and I'll tell you honestly, spent a lot of it. Um, not to be sad, but yeah, I really started to think about it a lot when Monica passed away.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, you know, and then what happened with Mike Flanagan is just like, man, like
2: blows you away. You know,
1: it's it, 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 that was... you realize how quickly you know it fades away, and yep, you know, and, and my kids. And my wife got to see a lot of things and meet a lot of you know players and go to different places, but I just didn't want to do it. You know, it's a hard life to do, um, and it, it takes a toll on you mentally and physically. And so, um, the the basic point of what the paper that I wrote was, um, I remember just not wanting to do it, and kind of was debating it and debating it and debating it. And then my uh, now twelve, but Gabe uh, said to me, he said, "Dad, you know you haven't been home." for my last six birthdays. Wow. And um, he is, if, when his birthday is, that day is his birthday. He doesn't do the, hey, the weekend before, or, hey, the weekend right. after. He's right. doing something on my birthday. And that's, I think, what it really hit home to me um, was sort of, wow. You know, like, he's been to You know Toronto, and he's been to Texas, and he's been to DC, and he's been to all these cool places, and met all these players. But me not being home for his birthday is what he's remembered the most.
2: Now the kicker to the the kicker to the story is you got a D minus on that paper, didn't you?
1: uh, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Look, Stan, I'm hoping I get that. (laughs) I I believe in the seismic degrees philosophy. I'm not trying
2: to. (laughs) Casey, that sounds like an A plus paper. uh, No matter how she, how she or he, your teacher graded it, that sounds like it's from the heart. Uh, The the trade off in two years now. That all sounds good when you write it up and you talk about it. Has it tangibly enriched your life? Being jumping back into being present with your family.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, you know, now if we want to go somewhere on the weekend, it's not, you know, well, I'm tired or I only, it's the all-star, but that was the other thing that used to crack me up. People are like, well, you have the all-star break. And I'm like, all you can yeah, do during right. the all-star break is sleep, Right? you know? And uh, it, it really, you know, it's funny. I didn't realize how tired I was getting until I remember the first year was at Buck's office. And uh, he asked me, you he was like, you enjoy this? And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is great. This is my first year. And, he said, "About two weeks after the season ends, your body's just going to decide it's going to sleep." He's like, "You know, it'll just say we're going to sleep right now," and he goes, "It could be midnight or it could be noon, and you're going to sleep for about two days straight." Um, but it is, you know, to be home with them, and I take him to school every day. I pick him up from school. I, you know, I'm the, I'm usually the only dad on a field trip if there's a field trip, mm-hmm. or, you know, running them around, and and I miss, you know, I. I I don't necessarily miss the games so much. I miss the people like you guys and Joe and Fred and, uh, you know, the players when they weren't on the field and kind of getting to know them and a bunch of, you know, it's a really good media group and people that work with the Orioles. So I miss them, but I don't miss all of the travel. And um, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't have changed it. You know, I Mm -hmm. I, I know I made the right decision, Um, especially now, you know, my boys are getting, they're 14 and 12. So they're getting to that age where dad being home is uh and my twelve year old still jokes. He's like, I'm just not used to dad. Like if we go camping, you can go camping with us now. Or if we
2: That's great.
1: You know, go to the six flags, well, you can go with us. And so that's really I mean, that's that's been worth
0: it all for me. Well the one thing that uh I knew I knew you were leaving and then when you told me you were moving, that was the Yeah, that, that, that was kind of the double down kinda of double down yeah. on it, you know. Uh, you know, because you're missed around here for sure. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you miss being at your computer and then having Casey pile down from upstairs and say (laughs) something smart to you and then turn around and leave just like that. Whether it was about Palmero, whether it was about Messina, uh, names changed, but the the one liners
2: continued. Right. Casey, so yeah, yeah. Tell, tell our listeners what what you are doing now. What, what is college gearing you up for? What would you like to do?
1: Well, so the, the, what I've been going to school about, going back to school, I can write, but I can't talk, obviously, um, is to be a social worker. And really what I want to focus on is helping veterans because, yeah. you know, it's amazing to me to see, and it's sad, and I'm actually uh, doing a work study at a place uh, here in Chattanooga, you know, veterans that come in, and and unfortunately, you know, they're now Vietnam and Korean era, and they they have no idea what they're eligible for, you know, whether that's housing, whether that's, you know, a tax break, whether that's free health care, dental care, education, whatever it might be. Um, And it's sad, you know, that there's so many of these people that basically signed up to pay the ultimate sacrifice, and then they come back home, and they almost feel forgotten but they don't realize that there are things out there to help them get medical care or to get a loan for a home or you know for a car or whatever it might be. So that's really once I get into where I really want to focus, that's what I want to do is, you know, help veterans um, with the process of what's available for benefits and different things like that.
2: I just want to tell you as a brief aside, I've gotten to know a, a young lady named Lynn Coughlin, her brother uh, Chris Coughlin was killed in action in Afghanistan after he was there about three or four months, I think. And his his phrase used to be he was a workout freak, and he enlisted in the, in the Army at the age of 41 because he said, I'm single, I don't have any kids, maybe I can save somebody else's life. Uh, and his phrase was, I'm going to catch a lift, which meant that he was going to go to the gym and work out. And his right. sister started a foundation, and I'd really like you to look, look it up. It's called the Catch-A-Lift Fund, and okay. what it does is it raises money all around the country uh, to to give. This is not something that can get distorted like the Wounded Warriors, some no. of the programs have. this This earmark's about 92 cents, 93 cents out of every dollar they raise goes to buying gym memberships, and where necessary home gym equipment for wounded warriors, and the effect it's had on some people being able to really get back into working out is just uh, had an amazing therapeutic uh, um, response.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing, and and, the, and you know, for a lot of military guys, that was the thing—you went and worked out, yeah, uh, kind of in your spare time, and then you get out. And now it's so uh, hey, it's ninety dollars a month, or right. Um, different things like that and you know there's some people a lot of people they just can't afford that so i I think that's really awesome Uh, another i got involved uh there's a foundation that's called operation song uh and here in chattanooga it's it's, uh, just blows my mind but there's two songwriters from nashville and, and both were very very successful and still are they drive basically two hours every wednesday morning down here and there's a group of veterans and uh two two weeks ago, no actually last week, in the room was a guy from World War Two, two guys from the Korean War, two from Vietnam, and two guys from Iraq and Afghanistan, and then me. But anyway, they take your story and what they do is they write a song. Wow, that's And pretty... so these these two songwriters from Nashville, uh who've written with, you know, Reba McIntyre, Alabama, Dirk's Bentley, you know, you name it, they've written with these people. Uh and they they don't get paid. That's just something that they feel passionate about. And, and it's it's amazing to kinda hear your story made into a song and then once they have it written, they take it to Nashville and they fully produce it and make album, you know, make CDs out of it. Uh and you get like the songwriter credit. So if it was ever picked up commercially or whatever, you could get the royalty check. So
2: That sounds yeah, incredible, of- yeah.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of great things out there, and, and unfortunately, you know, and Wounded Warrior has its good parts, but, you know, people love to, yep. I think anytime you have a nonprofit and somebody kind of pulls the cover back and realizes something dirty is going on, people yep. then forever, you know, want to say, oh, well, it's a bad organization. So there's a lot yeah. of now, at its heart, it's
2: publicity. at its heart, it's a great organization. It's just sometimes these organizations get so big that the, the cost of administrating them – you, you end up losing a lot of the money that's geared for, for the people. It right. just gets dissipated. Casey, we really appreciate your spending some time. Craig's got one more for you, and then we'll take a break. How, how old is
0: Gabe now? Gabe's 12. Yeah, Gabe's and, and, and that 12. just goes, I'm, I'm bouncing this kid right. on my well, knee. He two? Probably two <laughs> or three at the time, yeah, yeah and just amazing. Right.
1: Well, and, 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 and you'll appreciate this too. My 14-year-old is now taller than me. Yeah, it's funny how that happens, right? Yeah. So so I'm I'm slowly but surely engaged, not far behind. So I'm like, man, I went from six
2: four and I'm about to be one of the shortest people in the whole house. So. That's unbelievable. All right. We give our best to everybody in the family and we do appreciate I was uh I'm not gonna say I was in tears when I read the piece five, six weeks ago, but I was really moved by it. And uh But he cries
0: I, he cries a lot, especially when I walk in the room. Okay. <laughs> I cry when well, I cut
2: onions, and when you walk right. in the room, yeah.
0: Hi, Steve, if everybody cries when
2: you walk in the room, it's not necessarily everybody else. Yeah, no. there you if go. You, you might be the problem.
1: All
0: right,
2: stay in touch, right, thanks, Casey guys. Willett. All right, Bye, have I a will. good day. All right, there you go, Casey Willett.
0: One of the one of the good people. He is. Yeah. no question about it.